Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. And don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate everybody's support over the last year or so. It's great to be back. Uh, uh, it had been a few weeks since I've done a podcast. Uh, I've been busy with Golf Channel duties, so it's great to be back here. It's great to be a Tennessee Vol these days, especially on the golf course. And Coach Brennan Webb will be joining us today of the men's golf team he's done an incredible job rebuilding that uh, tennessee men's golf program back into a not only sec contender uh, but also a national contender now into sixth season and after five seasons they won three events twice uh, eight tournament titles uh, an ncaa bid and uh, multiple regional bids they've done that ever since he's been there and uh, got some great young players the team's getting to be a little more experienced you got caleb surratt all-american now as a sophomore year Broke just about every record that Tennessee has ever had. Uh, actually won his first college event, the Maui Gym Intercollegiate, and turns around at the SEC Championship and wins that by six shots. Shot uh, 14 under, second best 54-hole score and lowest ever by a freshman in SEC history. And first freshman to win the SEC individual title since current PGA Pro Justin Thomas did that in 2012 when he was with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, Caleb's had a great uh, career just that one year and just starting his sophomore year, played on the Walker Cup team. Big uh, participant in that, uh, just got out there in those first matches, did a great job with that. And, you know, when you look back at last year, he averaged 69.58. Uh, just an incredible season so far for him. But, uh, you know, Brennan's done a great job, as I mentioned. Can't wait for you to get to spend some time with him. And uh, let's get Brennan on the phone and uh, spend a little time and find out what's going on with the balls and what's coming up uh, ahead for them. All right, I've got uh, Brennan Webb back on the podcast. Coach, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks for having me, Jim. You, uh, you're a busy man. I guess that's what happens when you run a successful program, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it takes a lot to give, uh, give these guys all the opportunities that we can give them and to uh, you know, bring, it, bring in all the, the extra stuff that comes with having uh, some success. So it's been... Uh, been a hectic fall already but looking forward to continuing it on and we'll, we'll get some rest in november yeah preseason number 10 uh coming off a, a win in the first event you've had five seasons there in knoxville you've captured uh three wins and twice uh, a team wins it's been an amazing run for you but uh, didn't quite finish the season, maybe the way, obviously, all, we all expected, uh, but a very young team. But, uh, you know, kind of recap last year's last season, and then we'll get into this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think it was probably the best regular season in the history of the program. Um, won, won the SEC fall uh, preview match play tournament, won a couple other times, um, then, you know, one led the medal play at the SEC championship, made it to the semifinals uh, of that tournament for the first time ever. Unfortunately, lost to Vanderbilt, who's obviously a, a great team and uh, in extra holes, and so um, you know had had a really good regular season. And then unfortunately, just uh, went down to Auburn during regionals and laid an egg. Um, you know, sometimes that's just uh, what what golf has in store. And so it was uh, an experience that we didn't enjoy going through but one that I believe will be extremely beneficial for us 
as we continue forward. Yeah, very young team. Uh, what do you think that the team takes from you know a great season but doesn't finish it off quite like that? What do you think some of the lessons that were learned? You know, I think it's just what what happens when you maybe lose sight of uh, of your standards and, and what you're you know trying to accomplish. And probably young guys had a whole lot of success. Didn't didn't go through a lot of adversity at all during the regular season, like we talked about. And um, you know, probably we're, we're prepared mentally for the adversity when it did come. And unfortunately it was a bad time of year for it to come, but that, that's what happens in our sport. How do you prepare, you know, someone, or how did you kind of revamp them after they've had a couple bad tournaments? How do you kind of get them back in and refocused or if they had the great tournaments, keep them focused? Yeah. I think you just got to find, you know, what, what got you there and, and never, never lose sight of that um, to make sure that, you know, you're, you're going through the process that, you were going through to to have the success and a lot of times when you look back and reflect after a bad a bad tournament you you realize you know something's changed whether it's your mindset or maybe got a little complacent in your preparation and you know a lot of those things happen to us it's uh like i said i think it'll be extremely beneficial as we go forward preseason as i mentioned number 10 uh how do you manage the expectations or how do the players manage the expectations uh, that they might have coming into this season because they've won uh, won the first uh, event. We'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, I think you just meet them head on. You know, they're they're what they are, and and they're well justified that we should have high expectations. An incredibly talented group, and I don't think we run a, a, away from those expectations. But at the same time, just go back and realize that there's there's things we need to do to live up to those expectations and and put all our energy and uh, time into into those things. Mentioned that first tournament, you come out, you play at Tennessee National, one of your home courses, and you shoot some very low numbers. But Caleb Surratt's sick after coming back from the Walker Cup. Uh, you don't have him the last two rounds, but you count four scores and four players. That's a lot of pressure, but they held on and uh, beat your whole boss, Chris Malloy's uh, Rebels, by a shot. How proud of you, and tell us uh, about that first win uh, for the season. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I, you know, I can't, can't imagine having it, having it go any better. Uh, to have the four guys do it without Caleb for the last 36 holes can be extremely beneficial to them, um, give them a whole lot of confidence, and gives us a lot to learn from. You know, with, without Caleb, it, it, um, it was hard. It, it's a hard deal when you're doing four count four, and we're very uh, excited that we came through it on the other side. We wish that, um, you know, Caleb wasn't sick and, we, you know, hopefully would have had a, a little easier victory, but maybe not as learned as much as we did. And so I, I couldn't have written up the script any better, to be honest, to start the year. It was it was really, really cool to see those young guys step up and, and do their deal. Yeah, I spent a few days with y'all last uh, spring at Bossy Oak, and you got a great group of young men. You can tell you've done a great job with them. And uh, I enjoyed being with them, and I think this team – really has potential to continue on playing well. I, I, there's just no reason why they can't, like you said, have an experience like that uh, and not having your top player there. But what you know, tell us about Caleb Surratt and the impact he's had on the program. He wins his first college event. He wins the SEC by like six shots. I mean, an amazing player. What's the impact he's had? Uh, and what's he, you know, kind of what are these guys learning from someone like that? Yeah, Caleb is extremely focused on, on what he's doing. Um, you know, he has a goal of being the best player in the world. And he's going through all of the steps and process necessary to achieve those goals. Certainly doesn't um, leave anything uh, for chance. He, he takes care of all of his business. Uh, he, he certainly works as extremely hard as well as being extremely talented. 
it's a really good combination. And so the things that he's done since he has been here have been incredible. Obviously, winning the SEC championship as a freshman, uh, being the very first first team All American in the history of the program, it was just allowed um, me me to you know know that everything that you want to achieve can be done here. And it certainly has been a sign and, and, a, and a beacon for us and our program. Yeah, it's got to help in recruiting for sure. But you went over to the Walker Cup. Uh, tell us that experience. That had to be really cool. And at St. Andrews on top of that. Yeah, incredible experience um, to, to be able to see Caleb competing at the level that he did. And obviously at St. Andrews just made it that much more special. Uh, we, I joked, I was like, man, if you're going to make one of these, this is the one. Yeah. Uh, it was it was an incredible, incredible atmosphere. And uh, had a had a great time. One of one of the best golf experiences I've had in my life. And Caleb kept saying thanks for for coming and supporting me and helping me out. But I, really, I was thanking him for giving me the opportunity to go do something like that. It was it was just incredible. Have you ever played over there at St Andrews? You ever spent much time playing in Scotland? I have I actually played there when I was a senior in high school with my dad and my sister, um, and then spent some time over there a little bit later. Played played in the British Amateur at Turnbury and a, and a few other tournaments with some of my college teammates that were from Ireland. So. Had an enjoyable, enjoyable experience, and it was great to be back. Yeah, it's different golf, isn't it? There's a, I think the the cool part, and I tell this story is, I played St Andrews for the Open, and walk up on the practice tee and hits a few balls, and and walk over to the first tee, and there's Jack Nicklaus with three or four clubs in his hands, and I walk up to him and I say, well. Uh, are you going to play or, you know, what's up? He goes, well, I'm going to play with these four clubs. I said, can I join you? And he said, sure. And so he basically taught me how to play St. Andrews, uh, each hole, where to go, because you don't necessarily always go down the fairway. It is the best path to the green, but the safest is left. And I noticed Caleb played a few of those spots. Uh, but just watching these guys and you know, able to drive three or four of the greens, I mean, I, we, there's always that talk on distance, but – uh, it's pretty cool to watch how they get to play it now versus what we did in the 90s. Uh, and, and you've seen it since you've played there. A, bit, a lot of changes now in the way the equipment and the way these guys play the game. Yeah, they, I was telling some of them that, uh, um, you know, that, you know, guys used to hit driver off number one at times if the wind yeah. was a little bit into you. And these guys are hitting four irons and, and three irons. So they're, like, looking at me like I'm kind of crazy. So it was, uh, yeah, it definitely different from, you know, growing up watching watching the open back in the day to how they play it now uh much like a lot of other golf courses but still provided the challenge uh, with the green complexes and the wind obviously the last couple days saw a few of your old buddies john houston a few of the guys that did the champs event up in calgary and they were real proud of you talking about uh, how good a job you've done you know if you look back at that experience you know you did a little caddy and you played then you went caddy a little bit for john you and then got into coaching What'd you learn from those experiences from some of those guys that's been helping you now uh, as a coach at Tennessee? Uh, just to have the experience of being around people that were as elite as those guys were, um, you know, kind of gave me a little bit more insight into the things that I maybe was lacking in my game. And I've been able to share some of those things with these guys as we kind of go through this process. And they're trying to achieve all, all the dreams that they, that they have that those guys you know, obviously did and live like yourself. So it's been, uh, you know, I think it just, adds a little um, credibility to some of the stories I tell and some of the, you know, lessons that I'm trying to teach them and certainly helped me along the way uh, to be able to be around those guys. Your old uh, head coach at Georgia Tech made a great run in the NCAAs. I know we talked about, uh, I got to follow him, got to know him. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, but you're seeing some of your guys, you know, your old coaches, they're having a lot of success. Now you're having success you know, it's got to be really pretty cool to sit back and watch uh, him. I, I really thought they were going to pull that one off, didn't you? 
I sure did. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, there's a lot of people that, that were cheering for Coach Helper to get his first NCAA championship after the incredible career he's had. But I've, I've always, you know, said to him that it doesn't really change anything. He's still still one of the best, if not the best, that's ever done this. And, um, you know, it, it was certainly, uh, I'm sure, heartbreaking for him. But obviously very well played match by, by Florida and, and coach Deacon does a great job down there. And he's as well, very deserving of the championship. Absolutely. I got to spend time with him and he says, you know, I'm uh, pretty much a control freak. Right. And I said, well, I'm gathering that. He goes, well, I'm not in control of this right now. It's driving me crazy. So I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. kind of, I said, why'd you get into coaching? <laughs> but uh, he's yeah. quite the character and I, I know you learned a lot from him, but uh, you've got to watch some pretty cool sports around the Tennessee athletic program. Uh, you were actually at the Tennessee. We got to do this. We got to go ahead and get on Bama a little bit, but you were at the Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee Bama game the football game uh tell us about that because i've talked to everybody they said they couldn't even hear each other uh talking to each other next to them yeah no it was incredible um definitely the loudest sporting environment I, that i'd ever been around um certainly we've been chomping at the bit to finally get one and i you know i try to explain to the guys on my team like that that rivalry used to be the other way you know alabama couldn't even dream of beating us in football it was really only florida that had a chance uh, year in and year out and so um for them to get to see Tennessee beat Alabama for the very first time of, of their lives well, for some of them was, it was incredible. And uh, certainly hope coach Heupel can continue going forward with the program. It's made an incredible impact on our athletic department as a whole. Obviously it's always the, the, the big driver of, of everything and the environment he's created for the fans and just how different it is from maybe my first two years on campus. It's been, been awesome. Yeah, Coach Barnes and basketball, Tony and baseball. What, you know, what's the impact of those other sports uh, for the athletic program? And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm missing other programs because they're all doing so well. And I think it's a great time, as as I mentioned. Uh, oh, we always like to say it's great to be a Tennessee Vol. What's the, the been the impact of all the sports having success? It's got to help you in recruiting as well. Yeah, I mean, not only from recruiting, but it's just also motivating. You know, to be around um, all of the the programs, and you just don't want to be the one that's dragging behind and and lagging behind. So it's been incredible. Um, the opportunity for me to, to be able to talk to other coaches and learn from the experiences they've gone through. I spent 30 minutes on the phone with, with coach Barnes yesterday, sitting on the range, watching a couple guys hit some balls and just talking about some of the mental processes his guys are going through and struggles that they're having and how, how he's dealt with that. And then, you know, talk, talk to coach weekly from the softball coach who's a legendary coach. Yep. She's really helped me um, this off season kind of learn from that disappointment of how, how last season ended. Uh, Kelly Harper, the lady ball basketball coach, who was a great, great lady ball basketball player herself, won a bunch of national championships as a starting point guard for coach summit. Uh, she, she's helped me a lot with some of the things that she's going through and, and coach V's a good buddy. We always get to bounce stuff, stuff off each other. So it's been awesome. Um, it's been very, very beneficial for me and for my coaching. And I'm sure others feel the same way, but just the, the motivation of, of wanting to match the standard that everyone else is, is setting has been an incredible driver. Yeah. I know coach Barnes likes to play golf. You get to play golf with any of these guys. Do they, or gals, do they ever have any time to play? Yeah. It's tough to, for everyone to have the same amount of off season. Coach Barnes and I have got out and played twice um, in my time here. And he, he loves the game. He's huge, huge fan. And, um, his previous stops at Clemson and, and Texas have, have helped him kind of appreciate how, how college golf is. And he's certainly been a big fan of our program and helped us along the way, too. Yeah, I met him uh, with Coach Mac Brown when Mac was uh, 
at Texas. They were playing in the, in the Dallas uh, Pro-Am there at the Byron Nelson. I got to spend a little time with him. And I, I actually go when, when, they, when the Vols play Mississippi State. I sit on the front row, and, and my good buddy, he's a state fan, but I sit in those front row with my Tennessee Orange. And I don't know if he recognizes, but he sees the Orange, so he kind of winks at me and waves. So uh, <laughs> it's always nice to rep the Orange. Uh, and, I, you know, as, as you know, I'm a fan of Mississippi State and LSU having kids going to all those schools. So I'm kind of tripolar as I kind of kid, but I still bleed orange, as everybody knows. But uh, uh, it's fun to be able to watch all these great programs. You were mentioning beating Alabama. I mean, I look back at the Ryder Cup team that I was on in 93. That's the last time the Americans won over there. Uh, and it, put it in perspective, Raymond Floyd is 81, and he was on that team. Uh, he was in his 50s, but he still that's that puts it in perspective, and it's uh, it's always nice to to beat those rivals and get get those uh, wins. And Tennessee sure did that with football. But Bo Andrews qualified for the USAM again, uh, and he got to play at Cherry Hills. Uh, how, what's it like to have a not only a good coach, a good person, but a good player as well? And you're a good player as well. It has to help when you're playing when you're coaching these guys because they have that respect for for you as coaches. Yeah, I think so. I mean, certainly what Bo's done, being able to qualify um, for two of the last three U.S. amateurs playing about four or five rounds of golf certainly um, opens up some eyes and maybe and hopefully some ears from some of the young guys on our team that, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He certainly knows how to play golf and um, without the physical skill sets that some of them have. Um, it certainly is a, is a good uh, lesson and, and a great coaching opportunities for him, for sure. And he's it's uh Obviously, he's been a great deal to the program in our time here on Rocky Top. You were able to uh, bring a third coach in, Coach Eubank. Uh, tell us about him, what he brings to the program. Yeah, Kevin's a great um, young player himself. Um, probably hits it further than everyone else on the team, which is hard to hard to believe. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. But, Can he uh, be on my team in the fall? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, he has he has a great um, feel and passion for coaching. He really has, has dug deep in with a couple of these guys and really helped them. Um, develop their game and their practice. He uh, had is just a, a really good kind of laid back energy that counteracts a little bit of what what I'm bringing to the table, probably. So, makes uh, makes a very nice uh, coaching um, staff and enjoyed everything that uh, Kevin has done so far. You've got, as you mentioned, uh, a team that's becoming more experienced. Have you added anybody? Tell us about the team and uh, tell us what the season looks like coming forward. Going forward. Yeah, very fortunate. Um, we had basically our entire postseason lineup and, and the next couple guys in the depth chart re all return um, and then added JP Parr who's uh, spent ha spent half the, his time in Jupiter Florida and half his time in Montreal um, during his high school years uh, tremendous player top top 10 kind of recruit in that class uh, really even keel mature fella and super athletic and look forward to what he's bringing to the table he's um fit right in as as he's expected as expected and it's been uh, been nice and a little bit of a you know a smaller roster than we've had since we got here it's been really really nice been um guys have gotten a lot of time and been been very manageable and and really nine really special guys that are all trying to be great and uh not a lot of nothing really uh holding us back in, in that regard so it's been been a really enjoyable month i guess since we've all been back together on campus and really looking forward to continuing uh to see their growth you mentioned the canadian uh connections there you've got a couple guys on the team uh, tell us about canadian golf and how it's changed and how i mean and you grew up up there they just love it and you're seeing so many good players coming out of canada now 
Yeah, I think um, Golf Canada has really, really made an emphasis on um, developing their players probably just after the, the era, maybe just after um, myself and my peers got through. Uh, Golf Canada really started to put a lot of money in. They started the national development team. They've expanded that to where it's now juniors, amateurs, young pros, and then pros. And so um, really putting a lot of resources in it. Kevin Blue, who played golf at Stanford and then was an athletic director at UC Davis, um, has returned home to be the CEO of, of Golf Canada. And to have somebody in that position that has the playing experience and the understanding uh, of what goes into this has been very, very beneficial. Uh, I know I've, I've had several conversations with Kevin uh, and even met with him over there at the Walker Cup, and it's been great. Um, I just feel like there's going to continue to be a, even more of a Canadian presence on on tour and all on all the tours um, than, than already there has been. We look back at the last President's Cup team, you had two guys from Canada um, on that team, and, and I think that's going to continue to uh, to grow. Yeah, winners on the PGA Tour as well. Uh, Nick Taylor broke that uh, streak. I actually worked that uh, that week. Uh, Fifty four, I think, it was the last time a Canadian won the Canadian Open, and what a putt, what a finish! Uh, just like I said, a lot of great players there. But you mentioned a national team, USA's getting one as well. That's kind of going to help uh, your, the players here in the states as well, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, obviously, it's a little bit of a um, bigger footprint than some of these other countries, and certainly a lot more. Um, players that that are going to go through that program and and the um, logistics that go with that will probably be a little bit more difficult but an incredible hire um, yesterday that yep. was announced with, with Chris Zambri becoming the, the head of that development program um, Zambri's an incredible guy with great energy he knows a lot about golf a lot about developing players and uh, that's it that's a really good first decision and, and bodes well for the direction of where that's going to go yeah, he was at USC, and then he's been helping out at Pepperdine, and he he understands college golf and, and young golf. And I think you're right; he's he's a great guy to have uh, as well. The golf facility is one of the best in the country, but you've got a new addition. Is it opened up, or you finished up on that uh, uh, new part of the uh, uh, buildings there? Yeah, uh, re- the report was yesterday that we'll be we'll be uh, inside and using it in 36 days. So I haven't ah. taken the time to figure out what that date means, but. Uh, it's been uh, been great to see that that building go up. Um, incredible support from our donors to, to be able to for that addition to go in. Uh, Thirty six hundred square foot uh, performance center that will include recovery and nutrition, a couple uh, saunas, hot and cold tub, and um, just an incredible room and area for our guys to get some specific individualized workouts with with Coach Greg and his staff, and uh, to be able to have it right there on the range tee and keep. Uh, keep the kind of the, the campus I've started to call it, the golf campus growing and becoming even more special than it already is. What's been the impact of coach Greg and the fitness and getting you guys, uh, keeping them in shape, keeping them from being hurt. Right. I think you see where, you know, golf's going and the speed that's necessary to compete at the highest levels. And, uh, Greg has done an incredible job learning, um, in the last four or five years about golf and what goes into it. Uh, he took the time to fly down to Jupiter and meet with Colby Wayne. He's one of the leading instructors when it, on tour when it comes to that stuff and continues to keep just growing his um, his knowledge and being able to help all of our guys. Look at someone like Bryce Lewis. He's put on 42 pounds of, of muscle since he got on campus and, and there's a bunch of other stories like that. But Greg is um, an incredible, genuine man who cares about where these guys are going, not only in their golf, but in their personal growth. And he's been been amazing and a integral part of, of the successes we've had and uh i know he's looking forward to keep going 
Bryce Lewis has put on 42 pounds of muscle. 42 pounds of muscle and probably a little bit extra of some other stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, yeah, no, he came, came, on, came on campus at, I think it was 129 or 131 and uh, up into the 170s now. So uh, he, he, he's, he's taken to that, to that gym. He probably wasn't the guy that no. he uh, thought was going to when, when he got on campus, but that certainly helped. And his, his ball striking is, has become an elite, and a lot of that has to do with how much better his body moves and how much stronger he is. Well, I'm definitely playing a tee or up, maybe two tees up now with these guys <laughs> for sure. But you mentioned the supporters. You get a big Vol Golf Day coming up in November. Tell us when that is and how uh, the listeners maybe uh, want to come play or just can uh, help support the golf team. Yeah, it's been uh, been been awesome to see the growth of the, of that day um, from where it started with you know 40 or 50 people to all the way up to over 100 last year. Um, it's been, been an awesome day to have a bunch of alumni back and also just people that have supported the program. They've gotten to know the players during that day with them out there hitting tee shots for them. And uh, our friends at Tennessee National have, have always been been very kind to us and, and give us access to their golf course on a Friday during a football weekend is, is incredible. And it's a beautiful piece of property, Tennessee National. It um, really adds to the day. And, it's been been awesome and coach Bo and, and coach Eubank uh, are available if anyone's interested in playing but we're looking forward to having another great day and having having you and, and your friends and former teammates back that's what November 10th as I recall November the third third I mean, gosh I got I did I look I got too many things on my calendar I just looked at it wrong <laughs> UConn UConn football home game on the fourth so that's it there we go but uh you also get Vol Golf Camp coming up October 8th I believe uh people can sign up for that as well so a lot going on uh you know you talked about past alums you got David Skins and uh, Spencer Cross playing over at the Corn Ferry Tour event in Nashville David looks like he's going to get his card back he's eighth on the uh on the Corn Ferry list, uh, that's got to be pretty special to see one of your guys, uh, Spencer Cross. He's one of the finest guys I've ever met. I remember meeting him before he came to Knoxville. It'd be pretty cool to see him having an opportunity there to play in Nashville this week. Yeah, it's great. Um, but in both cases, to have Skinsy get back, get his card back, and, and the amount of time and effort he's put into his career, and to see him continue to have the success he's had the last three years, has been awesome. Um, and then obviously Spencer, who's uh, you know near and dear to my heart. I, I just I just love him as a person. And, for him to start the year with with no status at all, and, and then get an exemption into the, to Knoxville and carry that through to where he's he's been able to play in the first two Corn Ferry Tour event playoff events, uh, speaks to his talent. And um, certainly, no one I'm cheering more for than Spencer. I hope he has a great week over there at the Grove, uh, with with which are uh, it's a special place also with some special people. Yeah, he's he's a great kid. But uh, what's what's coming up next? I think is the tournament in Birmingham. Yeah, we're going to actually have uh, a few guys head out to Phoenix this weekend and play um, play the tournament that uh, Coach Thurman's hosting at uh, Papago, their, their host course. They'll just play as individuals, uh, and then we follow back, back up the week after with uh, try to go back down to Birmingham, defend our title at the SEC Fall Preview slash Match Play. I'm not sure what we're calling it these days, but uh, yeah, looking forward to a busy fall. We've been very fortunate with the resources the athletic department has given us that all of our guys will have opportunity to play three three events minimum um, through the fall and, and give us give us a chance to compete. And as you know, it's, it's the easiest way to learn about what you need to work on is go out and testing competition. So very fortunate to have those resources to give those guys that opportunity and um, don't have to worry about, you know, having to get in the lineup to get out on the road and qualify. So we're looking forward to a busy fall. It's been been nice to have uh, Coach Caven with us and, and Bo and I have been able to, um, you know, get, get some extra stuff done and, and 
looking forward to just continuing that going forward. One last thing. How, how does playing in those match play events in the fall help you? Maybe when you like you play in the SEC championship or the NCAAs, that's got to be a big plus to learn for these guys to learn to play match play because they don't play it as much uh, in the States as they do in a lot of parts of the world. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's just the opportunity to go play match play has been um, very beneficial because, like you said, they don't play it other than maybe the U.S. Amateur and, um, you know, the Western Am. It's really not not something that's that's prevalent over here. So every opportunity we get to, you know, experience that and go through that is going to be beneficial as we go forward. And certainly all the important stuff that, that's worth winning in college golf right now is decided by match play with the SEC championship and the NCAA championship, both in that format. So something we need to learn, continue to learn about and, and get better at. And uh, first good first step last year, uh, winning, winning a match at the SEC tournament and then also winning a match in the SEC fall uh, championship. So been uh, been good, but something we continue to need to get better at and uh, look forward to that opportunity next week in Birmingham. Well, I promised you less than 30 minutes. We've done that. Uh, you're a busy guy, and uh, we appreciate you spending time with us, brother. Thanks so much, pro. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, see you in November. Always great to catch up uh, with Coach Brennan Webb, one of the uh, bright stars in college golf, and, and appreciate him uh, spending time. It's, I, it's always tough to get these guys during the season, get 30 minutes of their time. They've got so many things going on and trying to organize, but appreciate him being with us. Uh, and appreciate you being with us. It's uh, been a fun uh, podcast. I hope you learned some stuff uh, on the Tennessee Vols or just college golf in general. You learn a lot when you talk to these guys. And, and, and some of these guys they mentioned will be the future stars of the PGA Tour. So it's uh, great to have them on. But I uh, appreciate uh, Steve Azar for allowing us to use uh, his music. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. Uh, that's available on Amazon, written by BJ Trolio. A lot of good golf weather left this fall. Get out there and play some golf. And remember, whether life or golf, you may have only one shot. you got to make it count, and we appreciate you being with us. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Just a husk of hot tamale now.